All right, welcome to another episode of Cookies and Cream. As always, I am one of your hosts, Raymond Hernandez. And this is Isaac. And today we're talking with Caleb, Pastor Caleb Melendez from mm-hmm. Mexico. Hi, how are you guys? I'm good. I'm doing good. Well, this is good, the first pretty good. This is the first time the guests ask us how we're doing. I know, Usually right? Usually we ask you how you're doing, but <laughs> yeah, I guess you could. We could uh, change it up a little. Um, so welcome um, to, I guess, cookies and cream. So give us a little snapshot of your ministry life, I guess, instead of your whole testimony. We knew you growing mm-hmm. up and yeah. stuff like that, but um, I guess give us a little back. Backdraw, backlight on how you got into the ministry and where you're at now, where you're pastoring currently, and all that jazz. Okay. Um, so, yeah, when I was young, like a teenager, I knew I wanted to preach. I just kind of knew uh, in myself that I, I, I would see Pastor Stevens, I would hear other, other pastors, and I would, something in me would say, I want to do the same thing. So, it was always kind of there uh, when I was young. And then uh, once I got married, it was kind of like when it became a little more. Uh, more real and I know I got married in February and then in March I we had asked Pastor Glenn if we if we can help him with youth and that was kind of where it began and he was like uh, (laughs) I don't know if he was hesitant or what maybe I don't blame him but he was like uh, yeah I'll give you a three-month probation and uh, we'll (laughs) see how that goes and then we'll talk after and I was like okay but that that talk never happened. <laughs> which yeah, is <laughs> just kept it going. Stayed on and yeah, kept yeah. going. Yeah, I remember Pastor Glenn would say the reason. Well, he would. I guess since I'm related to him, you get kind of like his thought process about it. Is that he lets that three months go by because I know he was a leader at the time, right? Yeah. So yeah, he wants to see how well you jive with him and how things work out and all that stuff. And I, I I'm pretty sure he saw he saw that drive within you and then was like, all right, I'm sure Caleb will take this take this ministry farther than what I can do since of course he was assistant pastor had all this stuff on him that's why yeah and then uh so we did that for for four years four years with uh one year under pastor Glenn and then three on our on our own so that was kind of like that and then uh when conference came 2019 pastor Stevens he he, he I guess you could say he gave us the boot <laughs> yeah. in other words because he was like you He's like, not because it's a bad thing, but you, you either get sent out or you just become a member of the church. Like, there's no more youth. And I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I had been going to, to Juarez before that, just hanging out uh, with some of the guys. And even some of the guys from the church I passed, I took over. I didn't think I was going to take over, but uh, I would just hang out with them and do stuff like that. And uh, it was kind I would when I would go to Juarez, I would kind of see tons of people i mean there's it's not like el paso there's tons of people walking people that don't own cars like it's just tons of people everywhere it's it's more like urban i feel than el paso and uh, and, uh, and it would just kind of pop into my head like wow this would be a good spot to outreach and wow this is just a populated area and look at this and and i, I guess those were kind of like the beginnings of of that so when pastor said you know is there anything on your mind or your heart God spoken to you, and I was like, "Well, I kind of, I, you know, I kind of just mentioned Juarez, and when I just said the word, he's like, I'll send anyone that mentions Juarez.'" And I was like, oh. "Yeah," I was like, "Wait, Pastor, I was Wait, hold kinda, up, hold <laughs> up." <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of mentioning, then he was like, "Well, think about it, and come back." Yeah, and um, so he, when he came back, he actually offered me uh, Pastor Victor Solis's church because um, Pastor Victor Solis he went to Bolivia. Bolivia, yes, 
he got announced mm -hmm. to Bolivia and he said, well, that church needs a pastor. And I, I had actually been to that church before. Uh, and that's kind of like, uh, I was like, man, that's a great church. And I was like, I don't know if I could, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I, don't, I like kind of in a sense, like, I don't know if I was worthy. Of, yeah. Like big shoes, big yeah, shoes. Yeah, to absolutely. Feel. Yeah. Um, it had a full song service. It had, it had a core, everything. It was, a, it was, a it was happening in that church. So that's kind of how, uh, we ended up. And then now it's almost two years, wow. almost two years that we've been there in, in Ciudad Juarez and. It's been a, an adventure. Wow. So, so Kay, um, I always call you Kay, you know, Pastor Kay. You know, I've, I've known you for a while, too. Take us back to, like, when you, because when you, you went through a period of, of uh, kind of backsliding, right? Correct. So take us back to how, how you kind of got out of that and back into the flow of ministry. Because, um, like, you're a church kid. You're a pastor kid at one time, right? Correct. So, like, I know that that mind that mind space that you were kind of at, but take us back to how how you navigated. You know, you're backslidden, and then you got saved, and then you kind of got back into your ministry. Yeah, I, 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 I can say I was kind of more, you know, I was never nothing crazy, never nothing. You know, I, I still to this day never been to like a house party or, you know, I, I didn't even mess around with girls. I didn't do uh, none of the, you know, typical uh, sins, if you want to say. You're a but, bad yeah. sinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I just kind of, even though I was, uh, you know, not right with God, I just always knew that I, I wanted to preach. It was just kind of always in me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just got to a point when I just said, well, um, you know, I'm, I want to I want to make this happen. And what really what really made that possible on my end was just uh made certain decisions yeah uh, you know that i was going to start uh praying i was going to start reading my bible i was going to start um you know attending other events in the church you know cuz i would kind of miss concerts and other stuff and so i it was just kind of like getting involved yeah and that was what kind of pulled me from that mindset of a kind of like a backslider mindset and uh you know kind of bench warmer mindset to to actually you know, doing yeah. something for God. And it was just kind of getting involved. Yeah. Made those switches. Yeah. Cause I know what you're talking about because like, yeah, you're not doing crazy stuff. Like you're not like outright going to like clubs and stuff, but at the same time you're in church, but you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So correct. it's like a weird space, right? Like yeah. it's like you're in between and you kind of have to just like once and for all settle that right yeah i, I would kind of tell people like i wasn't a good sinner and yeah. i wasn't a good christian right and right. you know the bible says if you're neither hot nor cold <laughs> yeah he'll spit that like that's the worst place to be yeah exactly and i just kind of said well, what am i doing you know if i'm not you know i don't i don't i'm not saying that you enjoy sin but if i'm not doing sin and i'm not doing you know what am i doing so i just said why well, I, I know i want to preach i know i want to do something for god and that was kind of what propelled me to just just uh, give myself to to God, to the will of God. Yeah. You, you got kicked out of church at one point, right? Correct. Was that, was that for like something that was super crazy or? <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of um, dumb stuff. You know, it just, it was, um, I guess you could say we never drank before and we just, one day we just decided to do it. And a group of guys. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't at a club or it wasn't at nothing. It was just something we did and pastor found out and he just said you know i've never done this but i feel like i should kick you guys out you know we we lied to pastor we did all you know we 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 deserved it 
but yeah that was kind of what happened yeah that. was that kind of like a turning point or did you still kind of stray a little further and then turn it, it was then? still a little bit after that um that i actually you know i remember one time i i was i was still kind of upset because i was like who gets kicked out for drinking yeah yeah <laughs> and i was still it, it, i had a little bit of a i guess you could say like a chip on my shoulder or a little bit of bitterness i was like why and uh but it it, it it was crazy because once I I kind of just put it away. It was I never dealt with it really. Mm-hmm. But I just said I'm gonna just put it in the in the back burner. But it was still there, and I was yeah. like I'm just gonna keep trying to serve God and take those steps to get there. But uh, I remember one time I was at prayer and God actually spoke to me, and uh, it was actually from the story of Jonah. And He actually told me, "Do you think Jonah was the worst person on the boat?" And I said, well, no. Yeah. Uh, there must have been, because, you know, all Jonah did was run from God. There were sailors. That, yeah. There were uh, people that were crying out to their gods. And I just, and I thought, well, he was not the worst person. And he said, but why did he get kicked off the boat? There was worse people. And I, and it kind of, and I was like, wow, I never thought of that. And he was like, because I'm trying to get his attention. And that's when I realized God wanted my attention. And that was when it kind of, I said, okay. God, I'll I'll let it go. I'll really forgive it. I'll and I'll just move on. And that was kind of like uh, a turning point in my life. Yeah, yeah I, I guess you could say. Oh, I was gonna ask you since you're a pastor now. You kind of already said it. Can can you relate to Pastor Stevens now making his decision on saying, you know what, I've never done this before, but I feel like that's that's something that you know you have to have that intuition as a pastor to know when. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I had not got kicked out, um, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made me, uh, you know, look for God, pray, and it, even just how God spoke to me was on uh, about Jonah was referring to me being kicked out, and it yeah. kind of all uh, fell into place. So I, not, you know, there was no bitterness. Now that I, now that I look back, I'm like, oh, good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, great. It was a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Now, fast forward, uh, you get married to to Brenda, your wife. Um, you know, you guys are you guys are starting to get into like okay, we're gonna we're gonna preach. We're we're figuring out where and everything and and what's the next step. When you first got married, how like did you tell Brenda before while you were dating like hey, I want to be a pastor? Did she already know that? Was it just a matter of time before you guys were gonna go pastor or preach or yeah, how did that work out? When when we got married, I absolutely well, when we started talking, you know, kind of before even dating, you know, I. I I was uh, 22 when we started talking and I told her, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I was already kind of getting back on track with, with the things of God. And I had told her, you know what, <laughs> I'm just going to be up front. I'm not going to waste time. I'm called to preach. If you want that, great. If not, you know, let's not waste time. And she was like, no, yeah. it's all good with me. And that was kind of like the, the, one of the first conversations we had. So that kind of set the whole foundation for right. our, our, uh, our future. Yeah, and uh, that was always something she knew, and it was never it, we. It was always something we knew we were gonna do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was all. That's how kind of I I dealt with it. I just kind of was very direct in the beginning, and she agreed. And yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I remember. I mean, I, since we were under you guys in youth, Brenda would say some stuff as far as like the dating relationship went. You were you grew up in church, so you were a church kid. Correct. She didn't take. Take us a little insight on how your relationship worked as far as the dating engagement and all that stuff. Is there any like key things that you guys had to work through? Um, any kind of like fights, anything that was like eye opening to you of her coming out from the world into a saved environment and you being in a saved environment? 
I guess holding that. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, there's two two extremes here because Brenda didn't get saved till she was 23, mm-hmm. and uh, I was pretty much in my church my whole life. So Brenda's my only girlfriend. I I never dated anybody else. Never had anything. You know, uh, just roommates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of guys. Yeah. Bunch yeah. Of, uh, so. So when I got married, when I started dating, I was used to like, like Sky. Yeah. Right. It's just like, like just hanging you know, out with the guys like, and stuff. That your food tastes nasty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was used to, to yeah. being like that. My wife wasn't, you know, she's a, a obviously a female. Um, so, I, and even then I never, I never had a fight before. I didn't know what a, what a argument looked like in a relationship. But on the, uh, the other end, my wife was used to cops coming over and breaking up the fight and domestic fight, you know, it was, yeah. It was so I remember the first time me and my wife had an argument and I was like, Oh man, I, I blew it. <laughs> yeah. I blew it. And my wife was on the other end and she's like, wow, even the fighting's different. She's like, yeah. there's no cussing. There's no cops. There's no pushing. And so to me, it was like the worst thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, but to, to her, her, it was, was like, nothing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is so peaceful. Yeah, as you guys are there hashing it out, she's <laughs> yeah. like, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm talking at a normal level. I mean, probably like a little higher level. But there's no cops banging on the door. Yeah. I don't yeah. Get, yeah, that's crazy. So, and, but to me, it was like the worst thing. I was like, it's my first fight with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, Dang, man, yeah, I, yeah. I blew it. And, wow. uh, but so it was, yeah, total extremes, uh, you know, uh, but the, there was things that, that she showed me, uh, you know, just how to be, just how to be a boyfriend and, and a husband, you know, just to be normal. And there's things I showed her, uh, how it is in the church, how to do it the right way, godly. And, uh, together we just kind of helped each other, uh, come through and thank, thank God those awkward stages are kind of already done with. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, but yeah, that's kind of how it was, <laughs> uh to be to be a little uh to be uh honest yeah yeah so when you when you first got to Juarez um what was the i guess what was the the landscape of the church like how many people did you have like how what was the feeling of the church so when we took over real quick before then cuz i know okay. i want to this transition be before you were in the youth and then you went you got sent into Juarez correct before you say like the climate of the church, I know it's because you told me about this and I just want to get this out there. What was the biggest difference? I guess you could throw it in with Isaac's question as well. What was the biggest difference between the youth at that point and people that actually wanted to hear the will of God in Wadis? Yeah, so uh, it was kind of a, a shocker because sometimes youth, they don't even listen to your sermon. <laughs> yeah. So I, I could literally preach whatever I wanted. It could be false doctrine. I don't think yeah. they would have known. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But when I got to Juarez, it was all of a sudden these people were actually listening to every word that I said. Mm-hmm. So in my church, I have people that walk to church in the hot, in the cold. Uh, they walk to work. They walk back home. They get dressed up. They walk to church, and then they walk back home. Uh, in my church, we don't, you know, you make, ten dollars a day in Juarez so there's no fellowshipping there's unless I unless I initiate it and say hey I'll take you out yeah there's no fellowshipping people yeah. don't really they don't have money, money to do that so my people really literally just go to church to hear whatever I'm going to preach or whatever's going to be preached and you know one, another thing I'm like okay if you make fifty dollars a week and I have you know I know it's the right thing it's a Christian thing to do but the way I look at it is if I have the audacity to still take $5 to tell you that you have to give $5 for the offering, then I better preach the best sermon that I could preach. 
So I think it was a total different thing. And and not that the youth never paid attention, but it was just kind of like I went from something that was... It's because I guess you could say the people in Juarez were hungry for it. They walked, you said... They they didn't go for the fellowship and in, in exactly. youth they don't know what it means to walk to church yeah. they don't know what it means to go without a fellowship in youth they're always used to the games to having food they always ask me hey what's the next ad, uh, like event we're gonna do instead of actually going to hear the service and hearing yeah. God like speak to them and stuff they don't know what it means to be hungry exactly so in my church uh, when I got there that's the first thing I noticed and I was like wow I better. I better make sure how Pastor Steven says that this is the best sermon that they've ever heard on the whatever subject or topic or verse I'm going to preach about. So that that helped me uh, kind of push myself to to get better in my sermons, my you know the way I communicate, uh, everything, everything. But yeah. yeah, that's kind of the the difference. How it was, it was that that was the big switch. <laughs> yeah. Um, from one I was one Friday I'm preaching to kids, and then the next it's like. I'm preaching to real life issues and problems and craziest situations that you could probably think of. <laughs> yeah. So how many like how many people were at your church? Like what was the did so they have like um certain we had ministries? About, yes. We had a we had a full song service. Uh without the bass, but we had a keyboard, drums, singers, a guitar, so, a song service leader. Uh so we had everything. We had ushers. We had about twenty five people when I took over. Yeah, and like like you were saying like it's it's different in especially in a third world third world country because yeah these people it's not like they could just get in a car and go and like oh yeah where are we gonna go eat after service and it's not even like yeah the youth it, it happens a lot in youth but I would say like even adults like in America it's just so easy because we go eat we go like sometimes it's easy to just go to church to like hey where are we gonna hang out so I guess. Like, how was that a shock to you? Like, because it's a third world country, like just how how little maybe these people had and the extremes they went, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's easy to fall into that trap because I, I fell into it. You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm just going because, well, I would go to go. But sometimes it was like, well, I'm looking forward because this person invited me to yeah to eat out after. And I'm like, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to instead of actually going uh, for for God for the word that's going to be preached and it it kind of just it uh I I can say I've learned from the people in Juarez that it's you know that that it's not just about fellowship and all those things but there really is a a, a need to go hear the word of God yeah and, and really fill yourselves with with the word of God so that's been one of the biggest things that that has that I've seen and um, just like I said it's just a, a third world country. Uh, and it's just crazy because I talk to people and all they have to eat is beans and rice. Yeah. And they'll tell me, I thank God I have beans and rice. And I'm like, man, in the U.S., if all you have is beans and rice, it's like, God, where are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you've exactly. abandoned me. But over there, it's like, thank you, God, for these beans and rice that I have. And it's those things, I'm not trying to vouch for the mind, the poverty mindset, but it's just, it puts some things in perspective yeah. sometimes. And I'm like, wow, we... we we really are blessed in the U.S., and sometimes we just kind of take it for granted uh, yeah. how blessed the U.S. is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's so true. Yeah, just that 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 hunger that you were talking about. It's it's a little different, like in in a setting like that. I, I guess it puts a bigger em- emphasis on your preaching, right? Like like you said, you want to preach the best sermon you can every time. So, like, how do you 
I guess what's what's your mindset in terms of preaching? Like, how do you come up with a sermon, or do you get inspiration? Or like, what's what's your your process of going through start to end of a sermon? So uh, the way I the way I do it, uh, and the way kind of that I've learned and that I found that works for me, is uh, it's just my daily Bible reading, and that's where I get my inspiration from. It could be a verse, something. Um, and then I'll just start to write it. Sometimes I'll just get stuck and I'll just put it away, put it mm-hmm. on pause. But sometimes it just flows. Yeah. It just flows. And I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is fire right here. And I'll just, yeah. <laughs> I'll just, just keep going. on going. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just, I just work on it make sure it's, uh, it's not repetitive, not linear. I mean, make sure it's linear. Uh, you know, I, I just do the best that I could do, uh, that I, that I can possibly do. And then the rest is just, I, I just pray God anoint the preaching, anoint your word. Uh, you know, I just, and it's crazy because I preach stuff and afterwards it's like, pastor, I was going through this and I had no idea. And I'm like, wow, yeah. thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for, for, uh, you know, inspiring me to preach that and things like that. So it, yeah, that's kind of like the process of how I go about, you know, making sure that I got illustrations, stories, things that I could throw in there, but that's pretty much the process of, of sermon writing. Yeah. You're used to, yeah. I mean, English is the main spoken language here. When you went to uh, Mexico, Juarez, when you had to translate that stuff to Spanish, yes, is that hard? <laughs> yeah. So Mexicans in El Paso don't know Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's different. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's totally different. Totally different. I, me and my wife went over there, and we were saying words that they were just looking at us like, what? <laughs> like, yeah like like troca a truck that doesn't that word doesn't exist it's not a word it's just a word that somebody that said came up yeah yeah somebody said truck and they put an a at the end troca. <laughs> but yeah. if you go to mexico they don't know what what that is and i'm like what the heck? so then yeah. how, do you, how do you probably say it camioneta oh yeah, wow that's totally kidding. different yeah, yeah <laughs> i would look at you like when the word yeah what, what are you a troca <laughs> yeah so just different things like that so then when it came across to you being like your first sermon in <laughs> Spanish, like yeah, people were like, did you I, have like... I had a couple you of sermons. Ha- so you, you, were you, you were forced to switch how, or start learning the language right away. Absolutely. So there are words I took out of my vocabulary, mm-hmm. Spanish words like troca. I, I don't say those words anymore because yeah. I don't want that to slip out when I'm preaching. But uh, I've, my Spanish has absolutely gotten 100% better than when I got there. I'm not at a hundred, you know. I can't speak it, yeah, uh, like them sometimes. But uh, it's absolutely way better, uh, and I've taken words out of my vocabulary, and uh, yeah. But it's just a learning process. I had a couple of sermons that they were just kind of looking at me like. Afterwards, they would tell me, "What does that mean?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What do you mean? What does that mean?" It's like, "Yeah, what is it?" And I'm like, and I would call somebody that knew English, and yeah, well, pastor, that's not how you say it. And I'm like. Oh my gosh! So I'm like, well, I guess I know what I'm preaching tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll re-preach it correctly. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you were, you were like Jesus, like oh, you're blind. You don't understand your disciples. Yeah, <laughs> the parables that are being. I taught. think I was preaching the parables because I, I had a couple of sermons and a couple of words that. But believe me, after that, I'm like, it kind of stuck with me. I'm like, I'll never say that word yeah. Again. again. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, and that's that's the thing about a you got to understand about a a, a pastor or a preacher is that you want to connect with the church so much. You want to make sure that you do your absolute best to the, I guess, the sheep that are following you because it's it's your job to minister to them. And 
help them out in their in their spiritual walk and it's that that drive that's like man i needed where you feel so bad like you almost like let them down when they're like i didn't understand that sermon you feel like dang it like i missed the mark or something absolutely yeah and and you know they they go out of their way to invite their boss you know people that are educated and, and people that are businessmen you know just uh, and i'm like i don't want them to come and hear and hear some some made up words and they're yeah. like, what is this guy saying? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I've absolutely tried to correct my Spanish as much as I can to the best of my ability. Yeah. Now outside of the church ministry, um, how was it like getting used to the, to the life there where you live, people around you, neighborhood? I know yeah. you say there's some crazy stuff out there. It's a total different world, totally different. And it's crazy how just a, a, a river, makes such a difference yeah but um yeah so i i think maybe about now we've kind of adjusted to what life is like in mexico but i mean you just used to power outages at once a week <laughs> yeah uh, all sorts of stuff sometimes you have water sometimes you don't sometimes at church we have water sometimes we don't we have to have a barrel that we fill up with water so we can use put in the toilet whenever there's no water uh, just, it's just it's just a backwards country sometimes, and uh, we've gotten used to, you know, my wife. There's no flavored creamers Ooh. for oh, coffee, wow. so we went to the S Mart, which is like the Walmart there one time, and we were just kind of like, you know, our first time shopping around, and like, where's the creamers at? And you know, oh, they're over there, and it was just a powdered creamer. And we're like, no, the the flavored creamer. Yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, no. So we're like, what the heck? Like that's what we kind of like. All oh, right, where yeah. are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but just all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and then the you know, not to even mention the crime. Um, we heard gunshots last night in our house by our house. So it's just the. Oh, I was like in your house. I was like, I think the heck? first time we heard gunshots, we were super scared. Yeah. But last night when we heard them, it's two years later. We're just kind of like, eh. You know, good night. Just kind of turn, <laughs> turn over that's, and go to sleep. Yeah. That's, the, that's, that's how you know it's time to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. All the good shots so, are going off. Let's go. Let's go to sleep um, now. But everything's totally different. Uh, just uh, driving, the way they drive, everything, everything. I'm like, I, I don't even know why red light, why they have red lights and stop lights and nobody listens to them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Everybody just drives and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? That's I could so, be, that's so I've crazy. been at a red light before. And I can have five, six cars just zoom past me. Not even like stop and check, just zoom. Just and I'm like, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at the light. Is it red or my like color blind? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, something That's wrong crazy. with me. But uh, yeah, we've gotten used to. Uh, and and the good thing is when we just want to feel like at home again, we can just come to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like right like, here. Yeah, when, like yeah. when I want a good American burger, when I just want a little bit of luxury, I could just come to the U.S. and just yeah. enjoy a day here so that helps us so much because if we just yeah. were if we were just there i i have so much uh uh i don't i don't know what the word is respect for other missionaries that just can't come yeah like i can because i'm like oh my gosh i can imagine just 24 7 it's it's totally different yeah yeah it's so crazy how literally like where you are in el paso like 10 steps and it's a third world country. Like it's so crazy how that that's that flip is just switched, and you just like literally cross an imaginary line. But um, so in in terms of the people, the people there, like obviously, like we've been saying, it is a third world country. So how do you? What are the problems that 
that set of people are going to have and like how have you been able to deal with because i mean they have different problems like like you said with us we want flavored creamer like but it's totally different like we get mad if walmart doesn't have flavored creamer but they have totally sets like different sets of problems so how do you like what are those problems and how do you kind of deal with that so i, I like it because uh, I, I it's kind of easy in what is because it's it's more real mm. you know it's it, a lot of things is life and death yeah like here it's like creamer no yeah whatever but over there it's like it's literally life and death and and it, sometimes it's just very easy because you there's no other way to say it you know you just are you right with god or not yeah you know, if god you know you when you outreach you you really don't know if that person you're talking to is literally their last day if they're wanted if they're looked for uh, we've we've witnessed to people that later on they get shot we yeah. invited people to church that later on were killed uh, so you never re- you know it's just a very uh, it's a little bit easier in that sense because you can just be more direct with the things yeah. you're saying yeah, because we say that here. We say, like, you know what, you can leave today and you can die. But to a certain extent, in Juarez, it's more true, I guess, you know? Like, in, in that setting, it's more more real, you know? Like like you are saying, it's, it's it, like literally people you've invited have died. What about, like... Like spiritual issues? Yeah. Like, is like, there, like, demonic strongholds? Is there, like... Witchcraft and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we've we've encountered some of those uh, demon possessed people with spiritual things, and uh, I I would probably have to tell you guys stories later because I don't know if we would have time. But <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So there's, I mean, in Mexico, people think that white magic and black magic, oh, like white black magic is bad and white magic is good. good. So there's a lot of they open up a lot of doors, thinking they're doing good things, or just the idolatry like uh, Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, I'm like, my gosh! So you, they're celebrating. The, you go to the mall, and they have an altar in the mall to to dead people. And I'm I'm like, what? And it was huge. It was like 20 feet. And I'm like, what in the world is it? Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, but they think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because my uncle died, and I'm gonna put this out altar for him because once a year, and you know, da da da. And I'm like, what in the world? Uh, one of the ladies was telling us at her uh, d- a daycare she works at, they put up a huge altar. At a daycare? At a daycare. Wow. So there's definite uh, spiritual witchcraft, uh, false religion uh, things. But, you know, it's crazy because the word of God is so is so powerful that when you say stuff, it actually it actually makes impact. And you don't have to really change it up. You don't have to really kind of do a different angle. You just preach the word of God. You just you just preach. You call it out. You, you know, you get saved and you deal with stuff as it comes and they'll. Pastor, is this correct? No, it's not. The Bible says this and this. Oh, good. I'll, I'll change it. Yeah. So you, you just preach the word of God. You just know you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit and, you know, you pray for the sick, do all those things. And, and those things uh, help you uh, help God uh, establish a work uh, there with those things. But we've absolutely run into all all that stuff. Mm. Yes. As As powerful as that witchcraft is, and you say that they're like here. I mean, you, you hear about it, but you, I don't. I don't know if we really see that many people practice it over there. You say, I mean, that's a lot more prevalent. Absolutely. But how about also the miracles that they are so willing to be so accepting to Christ, healing them? Have you seen that also as a as a as more of a forefront than us here in the Western world, where we're like 
we got medicines, we got doctors, we got all sorts of medication for all sorts of things where they got to rely more on the spiritual dynamic of being healed. Is that yeah. also something? So we've had, uh, in my church, we've had two ladies that were healed from cancer. They were totally bald, totally bald already, and they got healed. Mm. They're they're there in church. Their their hair is there. They're, they're totally normal now. Uh, another lady that was blind, I remember uh, George Rangel did a revival. He prayed for her, and she got her eyesight. Mm. It was the craziest thing, man. It was it was craziest thing in the world. And uh, so, yeah, absolutely, we've seen, you know, uh, all sorts of miracles like that and just, you know, all the other normal stuff, <laughs> yeah. like back pains and headaches and, you know, insomnias and all that stuff that you just, like I said, you just pray for it. Uh, you, you know, there is some, I guess, if you want to say some art to it, you know, you have to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, you're just, and, yeah. And, and, you know, you forgive people and stuff like that. And I'm still learning some of those things, but uh, we've, we've seen a lot of things and I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a, a ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, are the, do you notice that people, like, how are, how are people's faith? Is it more like, well, God, this is my only, this is my only shot. Like either you heal me or, you know, like, is it, is it more of that? Yes. Like in I think that that is more, um, present in, in there because that's sometimes that's really their only option. Yeah. They, they, you know, the healthcare system is not too great. Uh, there's, I, they'll tell me stuff and I'm like, what in the world? Like the, the hospital did that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's just crazy stuff. But, uh, yeah, I get it. Sometimes just gets to a point where it's just like, all right, God, if if you don't do it, <laughs> then then I'm then I'm gonna die that. or I'm gonna lose this or that or, you know. So yeah, yeah, I think that is absolutely more prevalent. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 so interesting because like there's a different dimension I think that that those people have to go to because of the living conditions and because of what they have access to. It's just so interesting because like here we have, you know, like you were saying, doctors and medicine and, and you know, all this stuff where people, it's almost like they have a choice. Like, yeah. oh, God, if you heal me, cool. If not, I'll just go to the doctor. So it's a different different aspect, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What is, uh, what's the church take on, I guess, first, first off on us in the United States? What's their view of United States people? Since I guess they cross over the border, they see, I mean, they intermingle with us what's their view as far as the united states or americans are and then what is the church view on the mother church if you can hit those two topics. so man it's crazy because it's just a, a river that divides it but they have no idea <laughs> about the u.s like they're totally totally off like they'll tell me like pastor right there's no there's no flavor on the food in the u.s and i'm like <laughs> Hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, food is king in the U.S. I know, like, right? What are you talking about? But they, about they just flavor. have no idea. So, like, they, they, they had no idea uh, the creamers existed, like, just stuff like that. Like, they just have my, I, I always tell people my, because I don't really drink coffee, my wife does, but I'm like, Brenda started a, a creamer revival. Yeah. <laughs> because now they all want creamer. Pastor, are you going to, the, if you're going to El Paso, can you get me a creamer? And Yeah. And yeah. So, they'll, sometimes we go to church with five, six creamers just to pass them out. Yeah, so they have a totally uh, ignorant, I guess you could say, view of the U.S. and the way things things work, especially the political system. They have no idea how the political system in the U.S. works. They, it's it's, it's totally different. And the the mother church, uh, they've never visited the mother church. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping one day that we can work all those things out and they would be able to, but it, it's not a twisted view or it's not an ignorant view. They just don't know what it to expect. Yeah. What I it guess is. they, cause I'll tell them, you know, everything we do here is what we do in the mother church, prayer, outreach, you know, it's all the same thing. It's just a different, uh, setting. Yeah. You know, different, but I'm, but I'm hoping that one day I could get them to, yeah. to the mother church so they can meet the people and, I know a kingdom business went down and, and met them. So they love, they love kingdom business. Yeah. Uh, they love them. They, they, they love Americans when they meet them. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I guess speaking on the mother church conference is coming up, you know, are you are like, I mean, I'm sure you're excited about conference, but like, what, what do you get from conference being a pastor now? Like, how does, how do you view conference and, you know, like, what are you expecting I guess with this conference because last year we didn't have conference. Well, we did, but last year we weren't able to attend conference. So, like, what, what, like, how are you viewing conference coming up? So yeah, conference is totally different for me now. I, I, not that you, not that you backslide when you're in the field, right, or pastoring, but it's just kind of like you, you, you just kind of sometimes get tired of dealing with stuff. And, ah, I'm just not gonna deal with it, you know. Yeah. You know, people are shacking up. And, hey, I'm not going to do I don't want to deal with it or yeah or you just kind of get frustrated because the disciples aren't doing what they're supposed to do and you just uh, and and you just kind of forget some things and when you come to conference it's kind of like you remember why you're in the city you're in like a reset yeah and yeah. I'm like okay I have to deal with this I have to make sure I'm doing this I have to make sure that I'm loving people I have to make sure that I'm you know yeah. and it's just kind of like a reminder and a refresher of why you're where you're at and doing what you're doing. Uh, so yeah, it's totally different. Before I would go and I would hear good, you know, it was good sermons and good things. But now it's kind of like every sermon, it's something I can take, and I'm like, man, I I need to repent of of this or that, or I need to get right, or I need to make sure I'm doing this. And yeah, uh, it absolute and it's absolutely a refresher to to come to be with with the brethren, you know, my brothers, my you know, people I grew up with, and I I look forward to. Anytime someone invites us to a fellowship, I'm like, cool, hey, somebody invited us. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's, it's kind of, it's just, it's just nice to, to be like, sometimes it's yeah. nice to be Caleb and Brenda, you know, and I'm like, man, so I'm looking forward to coming to conference and the, the preachings, absolutely, fellowships, absolutely. I'm just looking forward to a, a great, great time. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. It'll be nice to have conference this year. I know a lot of people, I mean, everyone's looking forward to it, so. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, that's all the time we have for today. I don't want to take this too long, but um, thank you, Caleb. Maybe we could have you on later on. Yeah, maybe down maybe the road. talk about those those stories. Maybe Go yeah, you could come in. I know you. I know you've told me some stories about idols and stuff like that. Yeah, we should probably do a segment on that. But again, thank you very much. Um, I want to thank the listeners for listening. Again, we are on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I guess anywhere you can get your podcast, go ahead and listen to us. Give us a thumbs up. Rate us. If you have suggestions, let us know. Uh, we're open to hear about your comments, input, and stuff like that. So, um, again, thank you for listening. I am Raymond Hernandez. And I'm Isaac. And we'll catch you on the flip side.